if you look at an investor who's trying to make a play in, um, let's call it barbershops and, and, and saloons, right? Um, what, what, what they may see is, okay, I've got 20 barbershops within this vicinity and they're all buying product, you know, and that could be like uh, sanitizing spray, oils, machines, whatnot, mirrors, seats. They're all, they're all buying these at retail prices. If I got a, re, uh, a wholesale deal because I've got 20 locations for all these items that they're purchasing and I, and I bring in a, a POS system, point of sale system that I own, I can go in and invest in these 20 companies and then bring all these additional resources plus the POS, which could be the technology system, plus a, a Calendly or um, on-demand type of scheduling platform, right, that helps book their time. I can start to introduce all these things. And yes, when you look at it across multiple businesses that you can go and acquire, it makes sense, right? Because you can definitely help grow them. All right, y'all, back back with another one. I have a guest today uh, that I actually met through a previous guest. Shout out to BJ Van. Um, and Peter Yobo is in uh, tech as well. Um, but he's really a consultant, you know, focusing on business growth and operational efficiency for pretty much any business. But he just so happens to uh, work with a, uh, some tech folks um, as well. And so, Peter, man, thanks for hanging out today. I appreciate your time. Of course, of course. Thanks for having me. Hey, uh, and if you don't mind, man, let's let's get a little bit of your background. Where, where are you from? How did you get into uh, consulting? Um, you know, where'd you go to school? All that fun stuff. Yeah, uh, I'm originally from uh, Ghana, from West Africa. I was uh, I was born in New Jersey, but family. Um, moved back to Ghana uh, when I was quite young. Uh, so, you know, most of my experience actually comes from outside the U.S. Moved back here about 2006 um, and uh, attended uh, USC, went to USC, the track and football at USC. And um, I happened to get, you know, I happened to have a, a, a professor in my accounting class. I was studying uh, international business and, and Professor in my accounting class was very much, uh, I would say he was very excited about accounting, you know, and uh, everything I had heard about accounting till then was how boring accounting is and how much accounting sucks. So in him pulling me into, you know, in, in me going to this class, this guy would, would uh, you know, pull us into conversations and, and, and most people kind of just went, went through, um, you know, went through the process and just showed up for class. Uh, but he, he was, you know, uh, he was uh, an Asian, uh, mid, middle-aged Asian man in a wheelchair, right? But he had, and you would expect for him to have a, uh, you know, more reserved approach, 
And again, that's just my thinking coming from Africa. And this guy was, had the biggest personality, <laughs> biggest personality, and he, you know, he was pretty much an extrovert in a wheelchair, and he would challenge us. He was telling us stories about, you know, buying land in the U.S. and how much land is worth, and just like all the things he was doing, and uh, he was just impressive, you know, and he was inspirational. Um, so I sat in front of the class, and I just, you know, I, I, I liked him so much that I wanted to prove to him that I could find uh, a hole in his in his arguments because he, he he knew he was smart and he was just like look I'm the best out there and I was like no I'm gonna prove you wrong so I sat in front and I really just challenged him and um, well I never won but he I I would duke it out with him every day in class and he was so impressed he reached out to PwC and said hey you gotta you gotta hire this kid um, so they brought me in uh, freshman level for uh, uh, an internship and I I, I happened to just in turn with them the rest of my uh, career, uh, actually throughout my time in, in college. And then I uh, started off with them right out of college in the consulting practice uh, and the customer tech-focused uh, uh, consulting practice. Let, let me ask you a question on challenging them in accounting because I was a finance major and, you know, I'm not going to lie, I was not overly fond of at least financial accounting, managerial accounting was more interesting, but financial was boring as heck. How do you challenge an uh, accounting professor? Like, you know, because um, uh, I'm completely ignorant to that. Yeah, you know, I, 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 was, I was very good at math, right? And um, I would like to think that I'm, I'm quite logical. I think that's what also helps me with the advisory consulting work, right? So, um, you know, anytime he would put up a balance sheet or uh, any kind of financial statement and he would present us with scenarios, you know, I would try to look at other ways the math could work mm. beyond what he suggested, right? So, you know, he says, hey, I need to add up these line items and I need to subtract this here. I was looking to find, hey, can I actually, instead of adding these up, can I multiply these and make an assumption here? and you know, prove that the, the, the results will be the same as the approach that he's suggesting. Mm, okay. um, you know, yeah, so it, it, really, it really wasn't me having some insight to other accounting practices. No, it was just me trying to finagle my way around the, the math. No, got, got, no but, you, but it probably taught you how to think outside the box. <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah, it sure did. That, that's kind of what I'll get into. A lot of accountants maybe don't think outside the box because it doesn't. It doesn't at at first glance appear to be a out of the box type, um, uh, you know, profession and skill set. But let's move on. So you got the PwC um, mm -hmm. for a while. Then what, what was next? Uh, so after PwC and uh, PwC, my goodness, man! Until this day, that that company. Uh, you know, they gave me all the tools. They gave me all the tools. They they set me up for success. So I don't think, and to be honest, I don't know if there is, there's, there's another company out there that's doing it as well as they are. Oh, wow. You know, you hear about the Googles and, and stuff, and I'm sure they're, they're doing a great job, but just the amount of amount of investment that that firm put, in, put into my career was, was beyond uh, amazing. Um, so I was there for uh, a little over four years and then uh, started my own firm. Uh, ran that for about two and a half years, and then recently just joined a uh, local real estate tech startup here in Dallas. So, so let's so let's dig into the 
the meat and potatoes of growing a business and having operational efficiency, which I think are um, unique skill sets because they're kind of two different sides of the, of the coin, right? Because you got the you got offense and you got defense, and as I understand it, that's kind of both, which is a, which is the ultimate package. So, what um, what are some things that you see that you know businesses that are doing both well? You know, how how do they get there? How you know how are they running their efficient running their operations efficiently, meaning not wasting a bunch of money, but also aggressively growing? Yeah, you know, it's um, you know that's the, the yeah, to your point, yes, it's it's uh, two sides of one coin. Um, you know, a, a lot of people do look at growing a business and, and they think immediately, I need to spend money to grow my business. Um, you know, and you think operational efficiency and you think, hey, we need to strip out all the redundancy and strip out all the, the you know, wasted tasks or wasted efforts um, to continue to be as efficient as possible. You know, the, the way I... Um, the way I look at it, it, it yes, that's completely, completely the case. But in growing a business, sometimes you need to scale back to grow a business, right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, you think about pruning a tree. Right? That's my first approach is, yeah, how do we, before we even look at operational efficiency, because operational efficiency is, 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 is a completely different conversation, but how do we eliminate waste? Or, or, wait, or areas where um, you can have people distracted from the, the goal at hand. How do, you, how do you take out the noise? How do you take out the fluff, right? That, that's the first approach to growth, right? Because now all your resources are aligned towards a similar goal, purpose, and aim for the business, right? So you're not, you're not extending yourself. You know, the, the big mistake a lot of people make, especially here in Texas, man, is, hey, let's raise a ton of money and throw a ton of money at it and um, go big or go home. You know, and sometimes it's, no, we, we're doing all these things. Let's cut them all out and take one thing and focus on one thing and grow that one thing. Um, have the right people in the bus, have the right people in the right seats and not just bring people on the bus. So on the outside, it looks like you got a full bus. You know, that, 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 that would be my first approach to growing a business. And then when, you, when I think about operational efficiency, the way I think about that is now that we've pruned or taken away all the, the, the things that could sap at your, your resources, now how do you become as efficient as possible? You know, why, although it's mandatory for you to fill out paperwork and mandatory for you to uh, set them up in your systems and, and whatnot, is that the most efficient way to go about serving your client who's bringing you the money you need to run your business, right? That's where we think about, okay, how do we introduce systems? How do we introduce um, other, you know, individuals or other roles to take on uh, less uh, direct client uh, facing tasks? So basically that's where you maximize. You maximize in the right areas. You pull the right levers to get the most out of the business. Yeah, do do more of what's working and less of what's not, right? Exactly. No, I got it. I got it. So, dig dig it. And it's and it's funny you say that because you tell me what you think, and then I, and then expand upon it if you if you don't mind. Because I had a buddy approach me saying, "Hey, man, I want you to advise me. I'm a, I'm a, 
a tech startup fund and I'd love for you to be an advisor to our fund, you know, because you got some unique thoughts on business, whatever, whatever, whatever. So I was like, cool. So we had a couple of meetings and talked about it. And he was wanting to go um, straight tech, right? And I was like, look, bro, I'm a value investor at heart, meaning I like to go where everybody else is not going. That's too, you know, that's too competitive. And you, and you have too many like regular boring mom and pop businesses, examples like, you know, hair salons, uh, real estate brokerages, um, you know, donut shops, boring things that are not using tech efficiently and is a better, safer bet. Like, what are your thoughts on those kind of businesses and which is 90% of the businesses and leveling them up into the 21st century and making bunches of money on that? Have you, have you seen people doing that? And what's your thoughts? Wait, re repeat that question. I'm sorry, I missed out pieces. Are you, are you talking about tech businesses versus like the traditional salons? Go ahead. Yeah, I'm talking like just, just taking traditional businesses and implementing what you're talking about, helping them to become more efficient in their operations. Like, like for example, so many of them are using or wasting money on paper, right? So many of them are using old, rusty sales techniques that cost lots of, lots of money that they could, you know, find a tech solution to um, save time, you know, really. Because what, what tech does to me, and I might be wrong, but what tech does to me is it, helps you save money and or time, right? And, and it helps mm -hmm. you get So I could so see, you know, going to those old businesses and saying, hey, let's improve your operations and help them, like you said, grow and have better operations. You know, I, that, that, that is, is, you know, it's an investor's dream, you know? So I think, I think if I was to talk to an investor who was looking at going to the traditional space, yes, of course. You know, if you look at an investor who's, trying to make a play in, um, let's call it barbershops and, and, and saloons, right? Um, what, what, what they may see is, okay, I've got 20 barbershops within this vicinity and they're all buying product, you know, and that could be like uh, sanitizing spray, oils, machines, whatnot, mirrors, seats. They're all, they're all buying these at retail prices. If I got a, re, uh, a wholesale deal because I've got 20 locations for all these items that they're purchasing and I, and I bring in a, a POS system for the sales system that I own, I can go in and invest in these 20 companies and then bring all these additional resources plus the POS, which could be the technology system, plus a, a Calendly or... Um, on-demand type of scheduling platform, right? That helps book their time. I can start to introduce all these things. And yes, when you look at it across multiple businesses that you can go and acquire, it makes sense, right? Because you can definitely help grow them. However, if I'm if I'm a, an individual mom and pop shop, you know, I think the most important question to ask there is, what is the goal here? Are you why are you why are you looking to to be efficient or introduce technology because sometimes, you know, what, what people don't realize is that that's what kills a lot of these old businesses because mm -hmm. their, their, their customer base may be older that don't want to use technology. They want to be able to walk in and see uh, uh, Mike or see Fernando or see whoever their guy is and get that same experience. That's what they're buying. That's the value prop for them. 
Whereas, you know, we the young folks and we the tech board folks say, come on, you got, you got to be using technology. You, you could, you could make so, you could make so much money being able to do this. But, but the question now is like, if the company is owned by a small family and, you know, they have a very simple route, they deliver uh, goods to convenience stores and they're okay and they're making enough money to take care of their employees and take care of themselves and they, they, you know, they are really, the business is not dying, but actually growing, then, then you really have to ask the question, why are you introducing technology? Don't, don't fix something that's not broken. You know, I, but I do think that the mantra today is, oh, go raise money, go get a small business loan, go do this, go do this, because someone used it somewhere and it worked, and all of a sudden that's the remedy. You know, whereas all these companies are doing well. I know a lady who makes maybe $2 million, $250,000 per month sitting on her couch. She works about 10 hours a week. Oh, wow. However, everyone says, oh, you have to build an app. You have to do this. You have to do that. And, you know, she, she entertains the noise for a while. And then she realizes that, you know, anytime she tries to pursue it, it takes her out of her, her lane. And then she's like, you know what? No, no more. Go back to the, what won't work. And what work is what keeps her customers coming, what keeps the business uh, flourishing. Um, you know, so it really just depends. You know? and, and now when you look at a lot of business models, some of the very high-end, uh, 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 you, you know, uh, I'd say higher-charging uh, uh, businesses um, are reverting to an old, the older-type business model with more human engagement, more one-on-one, versus the uh, fix-it-quick um, uh, or make-it-happen-quick, deliver the value quickly through technology type models. They still work, but you know, it, it, it's, you, you, you do see a trend where people are paying more. Um, so the average value that you bring from one, one customer is much higher than um, some of these quick you know, uh, Uber Eats type models, which also do work and allow for scale. So you know, it's, you just gotta pick your poison. Yeah, you got, and, and that goes back to, like you said, knowing, knowing your goal and, knowing what you're trying to accomplish. Cause yeah, you hit on the nail, man, the anybody's dream job would be work 10 hours. Like I can work 10 hours a week and make 200,000 a month, like until I die, you know, <laughs> I'll take it. Right. That's like, that's like, that's like the dream scenario. You're like, why would I, why would I want to do anything else? Especially if she can do it from anywhere. So, so, um, yeah. And you can imagine all the solutions people were asking of her would require her to work more managing systems, keeping things up and running, you know, overseeing the team. Why? Because then she could double and make 400,000. But she's like, Hey, I live a beautiful life with 200,000 a month. You, you know, a quarter of a million a month is, is awesome. Yes. You can make half a million a month. Is that necessary? Is that your goal? So those are, those are some of the questions that I would guide people towards first. Got it. Where, where, where do you, where do you see a lot of businesses, um, and I know you said a lot of businesses waste, but can you give a couple of specific ideas on uh, businesses that you've like met with and, and they're wasting in this area? Something that you like commonly see that they're wasting on or making a mistake on that they can just easily fix. Wait, re repeat that. Sorry. So, oh, so uh, an area of opportunity. Yeah, and something that you see like consistently with businesses. So you're like, hey, Philip. Every time I, you know, if I talk to ten businesses three of them are making this mistake and wasting money or resources. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, poor definition of success. Mm. Poor definition of success. 
a lot of companies don't have their own definitions of success. They borrow definitions of success. Oh, this company did $2 million. Oh, well, we're in the same market. We have the same number of employees. We have the same type of experience. We should be able to make $2 million. Well, guess what? If we work for longer hours, we should make two and a half, or we should make three if we add technology. So our revenue goal is $3 million. You see what I mean? It's, they don't have a, a well-defined uh, definition of success. I think that's where a lot of people go wrong. They're, they're, yeah, they're just chasing what everybody else is doing. Exactly. And, 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 and sometimes it's, it's, you know, I'm going to add technology just because everyone's added technology. Well, no, is technology really going to benefit your business or not? You know? Do, do you see any specific industries that are wide open for opportunity for disruption? I know all of them, but trying to bring some specific value. Any ones where you say, Philip, man, nobody's really, you know, looking over here. Gosh, man, I would say vet clinics. Huh. Vet clinics. I don't know if it's necessarily disruption, but I think everyone, like people just don't realize that we're in a day and age with the sharing economy, with people, uh, you know, dual income families, men and women wanting to uh, get the most out of their careers before they have kids. Um, you know, they all have pets. Someone's got a dog, someone's got a cat, someone's got a something. And, you know, as everyone knows, when you have a pet that's sick, you know, up until a certain threshold, you'll pay whatever you have to take care of your pet. Right. Some people won't won't go past a certain amount. I know some people who are fifteen thousand. Ah, uh, sorry. You know, but oh, you mean a thousand? Sure, I can pay a thousand three times a year to take my my vet in and and get specific services or or um, care for the for my animal. And because there's, there's an attachment there, and it's the same thing as going to the hospital. You will make the payment work. How often do you hear about a hospital going uh, out of business? How often do you? You know, you hardly ever hear that, but vets are not the like a vet is not as big as a major hospital to where you need to make a huge investment, right? Vets are, are I mean, if you can serve a vet, if you can own a vet, if you can partner with someone, a vet like that is, you know, I have one of my best friends, uh, his wife uh, just happens to be a vet, and my goodness, the opportunity in that space is mind blowing. Got, got it. And, and you mentioned before you spent a lot of time outside of the U.S. Uh, that was that was in West Africa. Yeah, yeah. Um, past uh, year, year and a half, uh, we we spun up a a meat distribution business in uh, Ghana. Uh, our family still runs it, um, uh, and yeah, it's going pretty well. But it's definitely a different type of beast. I'll tell you that. Yeah, that's what I was gonna ask. My my uh, one of my closest friends uh, lives in. Well, he was living in Malawi. Now he's he he moved recently, but he runs a business out of Malawi. I mean, it's technically out of Houston, but he all of his workers and team is out of Malawi. And so, um, like, is it? Do you see Africa as like the unnoticed opportunity? You know, of the world. Oh. Well, I mean, it, it, yes, but it's in plain sight. You know, it, it's noticed. You, you see the Chinese are aggressively moving in. You see um, the Americans are, have always been moving in. Um, you know, 
you all you have to do is research and you'll see the amount of money that's being pumped. You know, anyone wants to look up the Silk Road Initiative by China, this is this is a, a multi-decade year plan. Uh, and a lot of it is focused in Africa, right? Uh, people don't realize, hey, cell phones, where do all the, the silicon chips, where, where do all the raw materials come from? It's Africa. Um, mm. But beyond that, I think what people are missing out on is, you know, a country like Ghana, for example, where I'm from, you know, the, the main language is English. So people learn, are taught and learn in English. Um, there are, uh, uh, I would say, very well-educated resources coming out of Africa. Uh, you can run a business and have employees out of Africa who are delivering high-quality service. Um, you know, there, there are already call centers based in Africa. There, there are uh, data, data uh, entry um, centers based in Africa. There's a lot of opportunity coming up because in Africa, you have a great blend of what India didn't have, what China didn't have. China invested in manufacturing, right? So they focus mainly on, um, you know, low-skill uh, labor type work, whereas India said, hey, we're going to invest in educating our people, and they became the, 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 the country for high-skilled labor. Um, the beautiful thing is that Africa as a continent is now mixing the two, right? So you had the low-skilled labor, you had the high-skilled labor, uh, labor as well. Uh, and they're just coming online, you know. So if, if if there's anyone out there, what I would say is, you know, if you if you're doing stuff here and you're outsourcing work from India, China, uh, uh, East uh, Eastern Europe, wherever, start looking at Africa, uh, closer in time zone, uh, English and French speaking countries, Portuguese speaking countries. There's just a lot going on, and. and um, you know, if you're, if you want to do, and, and the thing I, I tell folks is, yeah, people, the, 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 the average spending, uh, or the average, um, disposable income for a, an African is much lower than here, but people have to eat every day. People still drink water every day. People still go out and, and have fun every day. People still want to be entertained every day. Right. So even if you're providing services at, at a lower, you know, lower cost, um, you can think about how do I get something to the masses? You know, and that's part of the reason why we got into the meat business, uh, my family and I, is because we realized, hey, regardless of how poor people are, they're going to eat. Mm -hmm. Right. Where are they, eat, where, where are they eating? Uh, and if you're making a dollar anytime someone eats, you know, if you, if you can make a dollar across a thousand people, if you can make a dollar across a thousand people a thousand times, if you can make a dollar across a million people a million times, you know, that, that's kind of the way you, you start to see the, the opportunity in, in, in Africa. It's not where you're going to make the big win, but you know, you look up Jumia, they're like the Amazon of, of, of Africa, uh, of Africa. They're doing amazing work. Uh, and there's other, you know, Nigeria, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they're they're in Ghana. They're in Ghana now. They're in they're in other countries now too. Yeah, yeah no, I'm 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 so excited to see that man because that's that uh you know my uh my my two you know close friends growing up were Nigerian, so I've grown up you know in the culture, and I was like, man, I just yeah, I never thought in our lifetime that we would um, be able to say no. I legitimately think that. 
it's a big possibility that I'll have a business uh, or two over there at some point, at least as an investor. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah, and and you know I think we've got to got to go out there, travel, go see it. Mm -hmm. Yep, no, d definitely, man. Before we get to the lightning round, I, I know you got to go. Um, uh, one last question on like just business, uh, business growth. So, um, um, wh what are some innovative things that you see businesses doing that are growing fast? And I mean, like, you know, strategies, outlets, um, and let me preface it with right because most people the perception is hey door you know phone calling doesn't work or door knocking doesn't work or and i don't know whether it does or it doesn't because um, there's new ways to, to make it work but what are some ways that you see businesses are reaching customers and let me also clarify a little bit more right because if you want to sell to me for example i'm you you're not going to reach me by phone if i don't know you and if you knock on my door you for sure ain't reach, reaching me and if you mail me something you for sure uh it better be good, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, so I so now they got, got the background. What are some innovative ways that people are growing their business? You know, I think it's uh, a lot of people are beginning to test more, right? Uh, I, I think that's that's the answer. It's just testing, you know. Before you saw, you know, most people were, um, you know, most people would create a product and throw marketing dollars at it. And I think something that the startups have done very well is test, you know, this is Silicon Valley thing is, hey, how do we build products and build a prototype and test it and confirm that people really want it and people are really willing to pay what we think they're willing to pay and, uh, you know, test as we go, test our growth as we go, test everything. Um, you know, I think it's not really innovative, but I think it's the one trend that I'm seeing that, um, you know, a lot of people take for granted. Okay, no, legit. All right, so, um, and these questions are relatively quick, but it's ones that I ask everyone. So if you were able to go back and talk to 22-year-old Peter, what would you tell him? Be patient. Actually, actually, no, do, do it the way you did. I, I mean, I went very fast when I was young. I just tried to do everything I could and starting businesses, had no idea what I was doing, but I failed a ton and learned a ton. Um, as I've grown older, I've, I've become more patient. Uh, however, I do think I had to try everything I did. So you know what? I would just say do everything, but prepare yourself for a, uh, a season of patience, which will come soon after. Okay. Uh, I like that. Um, what are three businesses that you like to um, give your money to? So these are businesses that you spend money with and you're like, Philip, I feel really good about giving them my money because they provide me so much value. Uh, Amazon, number one. Um, uh, Trader Joe's. Uh, who else do I give? I think one the folks that I invest money in. Uh, you know, Lyft. Uh, Uber, uh, although um, Lyft stock has been unfortunately uh, dropping. Uh, let's see who else. So that's three, two, um, two more. I would say. Oh my goodness, man! If I could have invested in, if I could have given my money to Body Armor, the the drink that Kobe invested in, I would give it every single penny I have. I I enjoy it. 
I was an athlete. You know, I drink it all the time whenever I can. Um, so, I, yes, yes, body armor for sure, number four. Number five, apple. Apple, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, no, I appreciate that. Where, where, and where, where do you get your news and information? And not, you know, like just is it internet? Is it magazine? Do you subscribe to any subscription? I subscribe to news. Yeah, e subscriptions. Okay, so like, and I, I, I've got the the Wall Street Journal that I'll skim through every now and then, but mainly the subscriptions that come to my email. Okay, what do you do? The brew. The what? The brew? The I do not. Brew. No. Brew, yeah. Do I need to get on that? Hey, it's good, man. It's it's the it's the. I, I read that every day. My wife laughs because as soon as I wake up, I grab my phone, and it may take four minutes to read, and then you could like link out to anything else you want to dig deeper on if you want to. But yeah, yeah, I'll check them out. I read the hustle, and uh, my wife got me on the skin, uh, but I'll check out the brew. The hustle. Okay, I'm gonna check out. I'm gonna check out the hustle. And, and and on that note, what do, what do you think? What do you think about this Apple subscription service? Do you think that's gonna people will subscribe to that? Of course, of okay. course, Apple can't do any wrong. Yeah, Apple. Apple they need yeah. to have some more hardware innovation, but they can't do any wrong. They've got too many of us in their back pockets. They can't do anything wrong. There's so many, man. They can start selling potatoes and make money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, and then like t- shows and movies. So whenever you're unwinding and turning your brain off and trying to relax, whenever you're able to do that, uh, what do you like to watch? Action! I gotta see someone blow up or someone get shot. Sorry, but you know, as a young boy growing up watching Rambo and all this stuff, that's that's what I watch. I love to watch stand up. Uh, uh, really funny stand up. Um, like like the early days of Kevin Hart. Not now, but back when he was really really funny um yeah get funny kevin um yeah yeah i'll say that's about that's about it and is are you watching that on netflix or regular cable or amazon Prime? oh i don't think i everything is amazon Prime, netflix hulu yeah okay. i don't think i've I'd watched cable unless i did someone's family or someone's home in the past maybe four years Got it. Okay. L- last question. What are the top three books that you've read either recently or of all time? Oh my goodness. Anytime I talk to anyone who's just looking to start like evolving themselves, my three key books. You know, so it's funny you say three. First one is As a Man Thinketh by James Allen. Second one is The Richest Man in Babylon by, um, Gosh, why am I forgetting the name? Richest Man in Babylon by... Uh, I, I know that because I read that book every year. I can't remember it either. Yeah, yeah. Um, Richest Man in Babylon is by George something. George yeah. Clayson. Yeah. George Clayson. George Clayson. And then um, the the last one is The Alchemist by pa- uh, Paolo Coelho. All right. Appreciate Must read. I mean, they won't take anyone more than an hour to read and they will change your life. Yeah, no, I'm definitely, I've, I've heard about the alchemist for a while now and I just haven't read it. I think I'm Oh alchemist. my goodness. Man, after this, you have to go read it. Even if it's an audio book, go read it, man. Yeah, no, definitely. Powerful. Well, I, I appreciate your time. Thanks for, uh, thanks for sharing. I'm glad we got connected. This was some, some good stuff, good info. And uh, we'll definitely yeah. touch me. I might have to have you back on here again. 
Thank you. Yeah, I'd be more than happy. All right. For sure. All right.